Hello, and welcome to another episode of Get Into It with Gila. I have just recorded myself a solo episode. I just really wanted to talk about Hanukkah and the emotions that it brings up and my feelings about it. And I wanted to give you guys some guidance and some things to think about heading into Hanukkah tomorrow. So I hope you enjoy this episode. As always, I am open to feedback, open to um, suggestions, people you want me to interview, ideas you want me to talk about. If you like this episode, Check out my other episodes at Get Into It with Gila. Visit my website, www.gilaglassberg.com. There you can find other podcast episodes and lots of blog posts. You could also apply to work with me. Um, You could apply for a free 20-minute consultation to see if we are a good fit, and you could learn all about me and my website. So I look forward to hearing from you, and have a beautiful day and a beautiful Hanukkah. Hi, everyone, and welcome to my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. I know you're going to love the content here because you will gain inspiration, powerful tools and insights, and valuable knowledge. If you want more of this, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or visit me on Instagram at gilaglassberg. I'm Gila Glassberg, a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. I've come to realize by counseling many, many women that this work is much deeper and greater than food and body image. It's the bigger picture challenges we face of love, belonging, acceptance, what our true values and goals are, noticing them, addressing them, and gaining skills to move forward. If you have been struggling with what your life's purpose is, or you just feel stuck in general and don't know what's holding you back, this podcast will enlighten and inspire you to take action and move forward. This podcast is about other women in the 21st century who feel that losing weight will fix all their problems or somehow meet their unmet needs. Hey everybody, it's Gila Glassberg. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Get Into It with Gila. And I have two episodes that I would like to release and... I don't know, just I'm, um, I'm listening to my own intuition today and I'm thinking I really would like to just record myself talking about what's going on in my head and talking about what I'm assuming is going on in your guys' head because it is Wednesday, December 9th, 2020. Tomorrow is December 10th, Thursday, 2020, and it will be tomorrow night will be Hanukkah. And... What's coming to mind for me is that um, I feel excited about Hanukkah. I also feel sad about Hanukkah. Um, I have a lot of emotions going on towards this holiday. Um, You know, as many of you guys know who listen to me, you know that my mom passed away a little over two years ago. And thinking about Hanukkah is painful, thinking about her not being there and her not being there to light and if you knew her you you know you know that she was um a ball of energy and she was very creative and she was very fun and she would always come up with some sort of fun idea to celebrate Hanukkah like we would have a Hanukkah party and we would all buy presents and that doesn't sound so creative but you know what I mean like she would come up with a cute game and you know present swap and like that was just her personality always wanting to party and have a good time so I was thinking a lot about the duality of feelings that I'm having that most people have and especially around like a holiday. Actually, I heard this. I don't know where I heard it. So I could look up where I heard it. But um, I heard that the this is very sad. So brace yourself. But like the highest suicidal rates is around like 
Christmas time is around this time because yeah, many people are really like joyous and happy around the holidays. But for those people who are struggling, who don't have family, who don't have a support system, who have nowhere to go, or it's a reminder of what they don't have. And it's, it's true. Like, obviously like, you know, that's, that's a dramatic example, but like it really, it's, it's true. Like for people who are listening now, they're probably thinking, yeah, that, that is kind of how I feel. Maybe not suicidal, but like, I do feel sad. I do feel anxious. I do feel um, like the lack that I have in my life is, is um, magnified over this time period. So um, that's real. That's real. And um, I was thinking today that I wanted to get my Hanukkah preparations a little bit um, done today. So we are actually going to visit my father for Shabbos and um like my my natural inclination is to be like we're going to visit my father for Shabbos what can I make for Shabbos that will be yummy and my kids will enjoy what could I bring what could I cook how I'm going to make a new batch of challah it's going to be so yummy it's going to be so fresh and that was that's probably like five year ago Gila now like um so when I was 25 so now let's say 30 year old Gila is like how can I make this easy? How could I make this as relaxing as it can be with driving to Rochester with three kids? And I, so, so for those of you who have been listening for a while, you might've heard me say this already, but I learned this from Parallel Abramowitz. And she always says that our initial reactions, we don't change. So like up until the age of seven, you could change your initial reaction to something. But after the age of seven, that part of your brain sort of closes and whatever natural reaction you have towards something, that initial reaction will happen. You could change your second reaction, but your first reaction is very hard to change. I don't even know if it's possible to change. So like for me, my initial reaction is like, yeah, I can handle it. Like, of course I can handle it. Of course I can make a whole new batch of challah. And of course I could cook and freeze and double wrap it and send it whatever and then I I said to my father like could I just go to like a restaurant I live in Woodmere New York there's 25 million kosher restaurants I live down the block from Gourmet Glot I'm like could I just go to to the Chinese restaurant and order like you know like four main dishes and like um can I go to Glick's Bakery that has delicious sourdough can I just buy it like whatever sure like let's just buy Shabbos and like maybe like I know that some people listening to this would be like, that would make me feel so guilty when I could make it. And like, I always say this to people like, yeah, you could do anything you want. Like you could go to medical school now and become a doctor. You could um, cook for five neighbors a week. You could, but it will come at a high expense. Like you're going to be neglecting your kids. That's just the reality. So like I could make all that food. I'm very confident and I love to cook in theory, but like, finding out that I'm going away and having to cook in a certain way that's freezable and whatever, like I could do all that. Yeah. But like, I'm going to come to Shabbos exhausted. I'm feeling burnt out and like, no one's going to enjoy me and I'm not going to enjoy any of it because I'm going to feel so burnt out. So I think that that's a skill that I've learned just over the years. And I talk a lot about self-care, but like, I really don't mean it in terms of bubble baths and manicures, although those are great. I mean it in terms of like, what is the most caring way to toward yourself? How would you, if you could imagine your child being an adult child now, how would you care for that child? Would you say, 
oh, what's wrong with you? Like, you're not cooking? Like, you would never say that. I mean, I hope you would never say that. Um, or how would you want to speak to them? Like, in your best, most ideal moment, you would say, like, like my daughter's name is Shana. Shana, like, like don't, don't, don't do this to yourself. Like, go to the grocery store. Like, buy whatever you need. Take care of yourself. Like, you're so, like, you're so worthy of love. You're so worthy of help. Like, it doesn't, you're not weak for taking help. You're, you're strong. You're, um, self-aware, you're reflective, like, that's beautiful, that's amazing, right, so, like, that's how I want to be supporting myself, and that's, that was a big step for me, definitely, that's a big step for me, so, no, I'm just, I'm just transitioning into where I actually went today <laughs> to shop for Shabbos, so I made myself a list, and I thought of the foods that I would want, and my kids would want, my, my father and my husband, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the bakery, and I'm going to get some sourdough, and some rolls, and whatever, and then I'm like, donuts, amazing, you know, Hanukkah, obviously, I'm going to get donuts, and then I was thinking, am I actually going to eat a donut? Now, I don't know if this is the best example, because I'm not, like, a huge donut person, don't shoot me, but, like, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about donuts, they're very, like, overwhelming, like, it hurts my stomach. It's really sweet. But I'd probably like a savory donut. So if you have a savory donut, like, let me know where that's at. But I'm thinking, like, of all of you guys who are listening, my clients and my followers and people who are listening, like, um, somebody who's never struggled with the eating disorder or disordered eating or isn't um, heavily involved in diet culture might not understand this, but I have a feeling that you guys will understand this. You might – a donut might be – the scariest thing for you. A donut might be representing all the pain in your life. And I know that sounds dramatic to some of you. And I know that some of you are going to know exactly what I'm talking about because a donut to me represents right now as a 30 year old woman who works with eating disorders and people with disordered eating, um, and who has a history of disordered eating, and who has a history of having a large family and growing up from and, and Hanukkah and holidays. One part of me thinks of a donut as like family, um, joy, happiness, comfort, love, tradition, right? Like all the most beautiful things that you could think of that food can represent. Okay. The other part of me thinks about a donut like I would rather die than be in a room with a donut. Now, that's not how I actually feel, but there was a time in my life when I felt so afraid to go to go into a room that had food, even fruit at some point, like food, because I was so restrictive. And if I would let myself eat one bite, then I would eat the whole thing. And this was before I obviously knew about intuitive eating. And this was even before I was a an RD, but I'm just talking about that time period in my life when I was a teenager and I was really struggling. I thought to myself, like, I can't allow myself to eat. I can't um, trust myself because if I, if I just don't expose myself to it, or if I'm careful with where I go, then I know I won't eat it. I won't be tempted or I won't be able to, it won't be there. And it's really like a sickening thought. If you think about it, like, I wouldn't go to Simcha because I didn't want to eat the food. So that means that I'm isolating myself. That means I'm literally the opposite of what I just said about a donut. That means I'm literally saying food represents fear or food represents isolation. Or I'm allowing food to isolate me, which is like, it's really just heartbreaking. It's really 
painful to imagine myself like that. But that's not how I feel right now, thank God. But that's how some of you guys feel. Like that, I have to almost like give myself a minute not to cry, which is fine if I do cry. But like, it's so painful for me to imagine that and to know that some of you guys are still struggling with that because how sad is that? How much has diet culture stolen from us? Like how, like a food, a donut, a laka, um, an apple and honey, all these foods could represent so many things to us. They could bring us so much joy. Besides for joy, they bring us sustenance. They bring us together. They bring us family. And we, we are rejecting that by accepting diet culture into our life. We, we are literally rejecting that, rejecting that ability to, like I said before, care for yourself. Like I, like just to parallel what I was saying before about buying Shabbos, like that was permission to care for myself. And what was I like in my disordered eating days? Um, the exact opposite of permission. It was like restrict at all costs. It doesn't matter if you lose your friend. It doesn't matter if you can't go to Simcha. None of that matters because the only thing that matters is not letting yourself eat and thinness. And I just, I know it sounds like I'm being dramatic, but I just want you guys to hear this because I know some of you are struggling with this and and I'm not judging you and I, and I feel for you. I feel for you because like, I don't want anyone to ever have to feel like this. This is why I do what I do. This is why I have this podcast and I have my Instagram and I counsel people because it means like, it means everything to me that I could give someone back their life. Not like me, obviously, single-handedly and obviously Hashem plays a huge role in allowing me to do so. And the intuitive eating book is the tools and all the other knowledge that I've learned over the years. But like, I know that this is a real struggle. And I, some of my friends like see my posts on WhatsApp or Instagram. They're like, do people really struggle with it? I'm like, yes. Well, of course they do. Like, this is what I see in my office all the time. This is, this is real. Like I know that people who haven't struggled with disordered eating or eating disorders or haven't been on diets all their lives may not even know what I'm talking about. But for those of you who get it, you get it so badly. <laughs> like you, like I, I get it. Like I know, like I've recovered in a lot of ways, but like, you know, my, I still have that like initial thought, like, um, like last night I came home from some, I ate dinner early, like at five, I was hungry. And then I came home from something and I was like, I really am hungry. Like I'm physically hungry. I really want to eat. And I decided to like heat up dinner and I had like another helping of it. And then my husband came home at 10. He's like, I have a surprise for you. I'm like, okay. And he's like, I got us poppers. Like I wanted to have a date with you. And I'm like, I can't eat poppers now. Like I just ate and like, I was still kind of hungry. Like I had a, um, I don't have to justify my hunger, but I, I definitely had a more active day. I went to spin in the morning and I had a, I had a really active day and I was like, yeah, I could still eat. And then there was those diet culture voices. Like you, you're not going to eat again. Are you You're not going to eat at 10 o'clock at night? You're going to eat fried food now. Right. And then I was like, I am going to sit and eat the poppers with my husband and enjoy his company and nothing is going to happen. The only thing that could happen is that I'm going to let poppers interfere with my date with my husband. And I didn't want that. So for those of you who have asked me like, oh, does it ever go away? Does this struggle ever go away? The initial reaction, not really. I mean, like I don't always have those thoughts. Like diet culture doesn't, you know, like creep in every single day. But like sometimes you just have that split second thought, and you have to learn to reframe it. You have to learn the tools that that we learn in intuitive eating, or like the self care tools that I teach. But 
those are utilized all the time. And like, just to parallel it again, like I am in a mastermind with Tippy Gross from Hava Tribe. And um, that means that like once a week or once every other week, I meet with other entrepreneurs and we discuss our goals and um, our business ideas and we're accountable for each other. And somebody was like, that person needs a coach. We were talking about somebody needing a coach and she's like, yeah, every coach needs a coach. And it's like, yeah, like I still... I still work on my relationship with food all the time. Like I still need to reframe my thoughts. I still look in the mirror sometimes and I don't feel as happy as I want to towards my body. I'm actually taking Rena Riser's body image course now because this is, like I said before, like this is like almost like everything to me. Obviously I have my family and my kids and my husband and my life is really important, but this is like so much a part of my, my value system and so much a part of my passion and so much a part of my life's calling because I still think of it in the world as like 90% of the world is still on the diet culture bandwagon, maybe like 80%. But that that means we're only 10 to 20%. Like there, we need to shout this from the rooftops. Like how could we have a donut ruining our Hanukkah? A donut is supposed to enhance our Hanukkah. How could we have diet culture stealing our happiness and stealing our headspace and stealing our love for our bodies and our families and everything we can't we can't allow it it's it's not something that we could allow anymore like it's it's at the point where like this is just it, it's like I have to just keep talking about it we have to keep talking about it we have to keep educating ourselves we have to keep um reinforcing the message myself included because a donut should represent what a donut represents whether it's sustenance whether it's Hanukkah whether it's love it is not guilt. It is not, I was so bad for eating a donut. And I still hear that all day, every day, people talking about their diets, people talking about their weight gain. Like, I get it. I don't judge you. I don't, I understand where you're coming from. I try really hard not to give my opinion unless it's asked. I don't give my advice unless it's asked. Sometimes I don't even give my advice if it's asked because I don't want to like, like sometimes at a shop's table, I just want to sit and eat my food and I don't want to explain why I'm eating it, you know? But for the, you know, the, that's my own self-care, my own boundaries. But for the times that like I am doing this work and I, it is appropriate for me to give my advice and my opinion and I'm being paid to speak, let's say this is, it, it, it must be said, it has to be said, like we can't, we can't go on like this as a firm community, as a, as a, as a community at large, as a, as a world value system, as a belief system, it's killing us. It is, it's killing us. Besides for anorexia and eating disorders actually killing us, it is literally sucking the life out of us. And if you haven't read the book yet, Anti-Diet by Christy Harrison, I highly recommend it. She explains so much of where diet culture comes from and how it came to be and how to reject it and how to use intuitive eating in your life. But I I felt the need to reiterate this today, that Hanukkah is coming tomorrow night. You might not be ready for it physically or emotionally, you might be dreading the lakas and the donuts. And I see you and I feel for you. And I understand. I completely understand. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry that diet culture has done that to you. But I want you to know that you could be on the other side of this one day. There are tools out there. There are people out there. There are books out there. Intuitive eating, health at every size, anti-diet, um, so many, so many books. I have a, a book recommendation list on my blog. You can check it out. So, so many tools, so many people don't, please don't stay stuck. Please don't think that you're a victim to diet culture, even though you are, but please don't stay in that victim mode. There's, there's, there's free resources out there. There's paid resources out there. You deserve it. You're worth it. 
you, you, it, it, it's like, if, if this is relate, if you're relating to this, it's resonating and you're feeling like, yes, diet culture has stolen my life. I'm afraid of a donut. I don't want to go to the Hanukkah party because of a donut. Please, please get help. Please, please, please. And if it's not today, you might not be ready for it. I understand, but keep it somewhere in your brain in some sort of file. Um, because it's like, you don't have to live in the cloud of diet culture. You don't have to let a donut control your life. You could actually enjoy a donut. You could eat one donut and stop at one donut. Could you imagine? Like you can, like all those years that I was afraid that if I ate one donut, I would eat five. That was because I was restricting, like not to mention, like, I don't even like donuts. Like I probably would have been binged on donuts because I didn't let myself eat them. But like now that I like explored the satisfaction factor and I noticed how it felt in my body and tasted in my body. Like, I don't even like them. I love latkes and I can eat a million of them, but after I eat like one or two, I actually don't feel so good. So like I can eat one or two and like not feel deprived because I'm using it as a form of self-care. And I actually always tell this story that like before I read the book intuitive eating, I had this experience that I didn't realize what it was until after I read the book, but it was basically around Hanukkah. It was on Hanukkah and I went to a Hanukkah party and I remember being excited to have a donut. So, I mean, a laka. So I went to the table and I had a laka and it was like not hot enough and not salty enough. And I was like, oh, I just kept eating them. And I was like, that's weird. Why am I still eating these? They don't even taste good. And then the next night I went to another Hanukkah party and there was like, I went to the kitchen and somebody was frying fresh lakas and they perfectly salted it. And it was so gooey and crunchy and delicious. And I, and I took a bite and I was like, wow, this is so good. And I ate one laka and like, I just didn't eat anymore. I was so satisfied. And that's basically one of the principles of intuitive eating, which is the satisfaction factor. Because I was satisfied with that one laka the first night. I wasn't satisfied. So I just kept eating because I was looking for that like satisfaction that I wasn't getting from the laka. Probably needed something salty or crunchy like potato chip or something that night. Um, so, so then I switched to the other one and the next night I had like the perfect laka and it was delicious. And I'll just tell you another story that like, I think it was last year or two years ago, my daughter Shana went to a Hanukkah party where she had a Hanukkah play date and, um, she came home and she was like, I don't feel so good. I'm like, what did you, what did you eat? She's like, I had two donuts and two latkes. I'm like, yeah, the donuts and latkes have a lot of oil. The, a lot of oil in your stomach can make you feel like, can hurt your stomach. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah. So like now when we go to like a Hanukkah party or like we have latkes or donuts, she's like, I think I'm only going to have like one latka and like a bite of a donut because that feels good in my body. And I'm like, it never like ceases to amaze me. Like it's just... That's not the right word. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, it, it just always like, it's just always so refreshing to see a child go through um, the process of intuitive eating and division of responsibility. Like, cause I provide the what, the where and the when, and the child decides how much and if any. And when I do that with her, she's so in tune with her body. She always says like, my body feels full. I don't want any more. Like when she has leftover snack, I'm like, wow, like this is amazing. Like she's really in touch with her body. And if she wanted to eat two donuts and two latkes, go for it. She's not going to do that every night. You know, even if it was eight nights out of the year, nothing's going to happen guys. So this podcast episode is for you. I hope that it helps you this Hanukkah. I hope that it resonates with you. I hope that it gives you insight into how you can feel. I hope that it gives you insight into 
what a Yantif holiday should be like for you. I hope that it gives you permission to enjoy your food and to enjoy yourself and to enjoy your body and to be there for your body and to show up for yourself and to care for yourself in a way that feels good to you, that's intuitive, just like this this podcast episode. I didn't plan for it, but it was intuitive. I knew that it was something I needed to do for you guys before Hanukkah because Hanukkah is a beautiful holiday about miracles that have happened for the Jewish people. Celebrate it. Remember that the the reason why we eat fried food is to remember the oil, to remember the miracle of Hanukkah. Please, if if even one day or one hour of Hanukkah, you could appreciate your body, you could enjoy the food, you could taste it, take a minute to understand how it feels in your body, where what does it feel like as it's going down, how amazing your body is that it lets you, God made us have to eat and we have to breathe and eating is enjoyable and breathing isn't. He made eating enjoyable. It's, it's a gift. Enjoy it, please. I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you have a beautiful Hanukkah. I hope you take care of yourself. I hope you have permission to eat and you enjoy those donuts and you enjoy those latkes and let me know. Have a great day. Thank you all so much for being here on my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. If you'd like to learn more about what I do and what intuitive eating is, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or follow me on Instagram at Gila Glassberg. Thank you so much. Have a great day.